Welcome to Take It or Leave It, an advice-ish podcast for parents. You can download this podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play Music, or at podcasttakeitorleaveit.com. Be sure to subscribe and give us a review with your thoughts about the show. Thank you to Lena J for thanking us. Her review reads, I listen to your pods when I need time to myself, and I'm so thankful for all the things you talk about. Life, health, mental. Okay, I sound like a, a dragon. I don't know what happened. <clears throat> oh, that was better. There you go. Terrible. Yeah. I feel great. <laughs> Thank you to Lena J for thanking us. Her review reads, I listen to your pods when I need time to myself, and I'm so thankful for all the things you talk about. Life, health, mental health, pop culture, and motherhood. It's all refreshing and relatable. I know when I pop my earbuds in to get some work done that I will not be disappointed. That is so nice. Hopefully not. Thanks, Lena J. Yeah, our idea is to to not disappoint. You know, like usually that's the goal of the show. Uh, somehow we always fall short. Mm-hmm. I'm your host, Meredith Masony. And I'm your host, Tiffany Jenkins. This podcast will discuss all things marriage, motherhood, and everything in between. Please remember we're not professionals at anything you may actually need. So any advice we give you, you can take or leave because it might be crap. On today's episode of Take It or Leave It, we have a special guest. We have Heather Dubrow. And I'm saying that right, right? All right. From Heather Dubrow's World Podcast. But first, let's open up with... That, then I have nothing else on my script, Dave. Did did I miss words? <laughs> and then Tiffany it's comes cl- in. It's a cliffhanger. It's a cliffhanger. And then Tiffany comes in and says, Today we have Melissa from Alabama opening things up for us. Be sure to call us at 315-834-2696 and leave us a message so you can open the show for us. Hi, y'all. This is Melissa from Alabama. And just bless y'all's hearts. I don't really understand what you all are so stressed about all the time because I have two wonderful kids that bring such joy and happiness to my life. I was just making them some sugar-free chocolate chip cookies because, well, they deserve a little treat. And I thought I would help y'all open up today's show with some parenting advice because maybe y'all should... Hey, ladies, this is Heather. I have two boys that are complete blessings, but sometimes I don't want to punch them in the throat. I don't because I love them, and I'm a good mom. Anyone who says they don't want to throat punch their kids on a regular basis is a lie bagger. And don't be bringing that stuff up in here because I have more rope and some space over next to Melissa. Like Melissa. Guess those cookies are going to burn now, huh? Anyways, so... Now that we understand that this is a safe space, let's hear about your mom fail moment. Lord knows I have my fair share. Okay. So I, first of all, I love this. I love the way she opened up the show for us today, like pretending she had her shit together and (laughs) then a knockdown drag out fight (laughs) with her children. That was Um, amazing. And, and just, just so that everybody understands the Melissa reference, I got into an internet fight uh, last week. No, earlier this week. Last week, um, a woman came onto one of my lives and, and she tried to call me out and tell me that if I would stop neglecting my children by going live all the time, perhaps they wouldn't be so unhappy. Ooh. And unfortunately, oh. this this I, 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 I made the mistake of directly calling out this woman whose name was Melissa and saying, I'm going to need you to 
to stop right there because I'm not going to apologize for doing my job. Uh, and my kids are not neglected. They get plenty of attention. But my daughter, who is in sixth grade and is currently at home with that because my kids are home homeschooling at the moment, um, my daughter just likes to come in and try to take over my lives all the time. And she was pretending that she needed help with school, but she did not. Uh, she was just being a pain in the ass. And so this woman tried to call me out and I was just not having it that day. So unfortunately, um, whatever it, it got, Melissa, a, it went Melissa a little sideways. New Karen. It, well, it just went a little sideways and I did let her know. I said to her, I said, I'm sorry. In another live, I said, I'm sorry that I directly called you out by name, but let's be honest. We're, we're women and wives and mothers and all sorts of things, but we're allowed to take 20 minutes to sit down and talk to somebody and not have to feel guilty for it, you know? So anyway, unfortunately now it's become... Am I the only one who sees a spinning white circle in Meredith's place? She's got place? the spinning circle of death. Oh. <laughs> it looks what like is, it. What, <laughs> what happened? is going on? It's kind of nice. It, it's kind of nice. Is it, It's like your, what yeah, is it? It's meta... It, it's meditative, actually. It's what is that yeah. thing you listen to? ASMR. Did I say that right? Yeah, I know you're not talking to me. Yeah, you like. I that. don't like ASMR. It creeps me out. Oh, I listen to guided like meditation. It. Guided meditation. Okay, I was trying to remember if it was that you liked it, you didn't like it. No, I can't do it. That's Dave's hand. No offense to anybody who does. I don't, I, I, I know we talked about it on one of the shows, so I must have, I must have gotten that confused with one of your dislikes, not a like. Okay. So moving on. Um, so we do have, uh, Heather on the show today. I'll give you guys some, some info on Heather. First of all, before I even read this little bio that we have here, I went on to your IM, IMDB. Uh, is that right? I am. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I saw that you were in an episode of married with children. Well, you know what's crazy about that? I have been on so many TV shows. I think I I was a series regular on five shows. I've done TV movies, movies of the week, feature films. The one credit everyone always loves to ask me about is married with children. So here's why. For me personally, one of my favorite shows. Like Really? Because the dynamic of that re- of that relationship between um, Al Bundy and Peg was basically like my house growing up. The disgruntled <laughs> father who couldn't care less about the kids and worked at a job he hated and a mom who was just aloof to everything except get doing whatever the hell she wanted to do. And then these kids who kind of ran wild, right? And I laughed when I saw that because I just, it was such a part of my childhood growing up. And I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that you were, that you had been on an episode of Married with Children. Now I did see the rest of your credits, which I was like, holy crap. Like you have done a a ton of, of acting. Um, But Heather, uh, Heather is known for her, Glamorous East Coast style, talent, and her ability to talk oh, to good. anyone. She joined the cast of Real Housewives of Orange County in season seven as the witty, down-to-earth, gorgeous brunette, deftly juggling family life and multiple business ventures, graduate of Syracuse University with a BFA. What's a BFA? 
fine art of an accomplishment. Achievement. Big (laughs) achievement. Okay. Um, an extensive acting career. Um, and uh, your husband is uh, which another show that I love. Uh, botched. I I have sat and watched many and out many many hours of botched. Uh, and you actually did botched post op on E, mm-hmm. uh, which is also great. And now you have the Heather Dubrow's World uh, on Podcast One, which you premiered at number three on the iTunes, on the iTunes charts which is crazy. Yeah, I think, well, you know what? I started with the podcast, I mean, a little over five years ago, and I just didn't even know what it was. My agent said to me, he's like, you know what, Heather, you need to do a podcast. And I was like, that is a great idea. What is a podcast? Mm-hmm. And so he kind of explained it to me and I was like, okay, great. And so I just still didn't really get it. I thought I needed segments and, you know, cause I come from a TV world. So, I, you know, I was sort of thinking it of it as a TV show kind of thing. And then uh, Drew Pinsky, Dr. Drew, he's a friend of mine. And, and he said to me, he's like, no, 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 that's not what podcasting is. Podcasting is more like people just want to hang out with you for an hour. And then of course I feel immediately insecure. Like, are you sure? Do they really want to hang out with me? Why do they want to hang out with me? And so I started the show. I kind of just dove in, still had segments in the beginning. And then it's kind of evolved over the last five years and kind of fun, different, interesting ways. I love doing it. I love the community that we've created. And we just, um, I missed apparently the hundred million download moment. And I just randomly Jesus. looked and it was at a hundred million, 500,000, 300 and something. So I'm like, I know, right? okay, I'll post that. We just, I, my husband I just showed you. that to me. That's crazy, that dude. Is it not? I mean, what did we, we, cro- we just crossed seven to, Two million. Don't <laughs> don't lie. That's my job. To, to, my job is to lie. But we just did. Uh, we just crossed two million, and we're in our second year. Um, but we did. We've been playing with a bunch of things too, with the format of the show because we used to be very segmented on the podcast, and the pandemic just you know, it eats away, it's eaten away at us. And so we just kind of turned it into this very loose conversation about just what the hell's going on and talking about stuff. And, you know, Dave keeps yelling at me, you need to have topics, you need to have structure. And I'm just like, I, my life has been sucked through, you know, all of my orifices. Yeah. Yeah. And Dave, with all due respect, I, I think that a little of both is what works. I have That's to say, point. and, and you know, what, Meredith, so you were on, you were on my show a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And when we, when we were finished, I, you know, I was talking to my producer for a couple minutes and he's a guy. So, and he's a newish producer for me. We've only been together for like nine months and I love him. He's the greatest guy, but he's, he's a guy. So I was just, I was always curious what his take is because 90% of my audience is female. And after you were on, I was like, isn't she cool? And he's like, yeah, he goes, I didn't know all that stuff about parenting and this and that. I like her take on, and he's listened to hundreds and hundreds of hours of podcasting. So I personally, like what I like to listen to, I like to feel like I'm hanging out with someone. And and that's how I feel when I talk to you. So I like that well, more looser, how, less structured. How nice thing. for you two. What a sweet moment in okay. time. All right. So all right, let's well, start. I just met you, Tiffany. Right. The jury's out, man. The jury's let's out. See what happens with your backdrop and the I, closet. And you know, <laughs> I'm really enjoying this for once because yeah. normally everybody's just like, oh my gosh, Tiffany. <laughs> you know, now for once I get some attention, no. damn it. 
And I can't take it. And you can't. I'm like. <laughs> but here, I want to start the show, oddly enough, um, because I don't, I'm, I'm assuming Heather probably has a take on this. Uh, and I have zero fashion sense, zero style sense, and I know nothing about beauty. Uh, but Tiffany just got her eyebrows microbladed. We are not doing mm, this. We're talking about bitch. this. Why? Because I need to, I need to understand. I look like Elmo from Sesame Street right now. You can't do this. What are you doing? Are you asking her opinion? I I'm can't asking, handle it. No, I'm asking my, my, my question is, first of all, from both of you, you can give me some, I don't know what microblading is. I don't even understand the pro, like I need you to walk me through the process a bit because people have been telling me how bad my eyebrows are for years. And when I saw Tiffany post that she um, or it was on a live. I was watching your live. You were talking about that you had gotten them done, but then you didn't g- give any details about like the process of microblading and what it actually does because I, it sounds permanent. So I want to know, I want to know about it a little bit. And I want to know if you're, if you liked it, if you're not liking it, if it, you know, like, I just want to know a little bit and then let Heather chime in. And cause she, I think, you know, probably about it. Cause I feel like you're, you're more knowledgeable than I, you know, so I just want to know a little bit. Uh, yes. So my, I've got like four eyebrows total, um, left in general. <laughs> oh, and so hairs. I, yeah. Actual hairs. I would style okay. them and braid them trying to make something happen. So I was like, now's the time. And, uh, I finally gave in and got a microbladed. So they put lidocaine on your eyebrows and then they tattoo them. And then at the end, they take a scalpel and slice little, uh, slices and pack it with ink and then it heals and it looks real hopefully oh my gosh I had no idea there were scalpels involved yeah am I right yeah, it's Have- a bit it's a big deal and there's artistry involved in this too like you can't just go to anyone you have to go to someone that's really good and makes them look very very natural and it, I mean I I mean, I have good eyebrows. Like, I have bad other stuff. Trust me, the list, she is long. But I have good eyebrows, so this is not something that I need. But I have a couple of friends that did it. And um, someone that works in my house had it done, too. And, I mean, you look like Groucho Marx for a, a good four, five, six weeks. And you get scared, like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to look like this forever. I, by the way, Tiffany, I think yours look pretty good right now. But, but they fade and they sort of settle in. And then if you get them done by a good person, they can actually look really spectacular. How often do you have to do something with that then if this is an actual tattooed process? Do you, do they like after they simmer down, do you have to go touch they don't, up? They don't go as deep as a regular tattoo. They don't go that many layers. So okay. I think it's quote unquote semi-permanent. And yes, you, there's a follow-up appointment. The lady explained it to me. This is like laying down the skeleton. And then at the follow-up appointment, um, she's going to touch up any spots that need to be touched up, if highlights are needed or whatever. And then after that, I should be good to go for, I believe, six months to a year, perhaps. Fingers crossed. I don't know. And I really That's do it? think they look good. I don't know. I made that up, to be honest with you. I'm oh, not Tiff. sure. But I really do think they look oh. like me looking at you today on camera. Like, I feel like you look like you've got a great set of eyebrows on your face because I because I know how light your eyebrows are because I've I've spent time with you in person. Right. So, like, I know your hair color and your eyebrows are light. Where like 
I'm looking across the room at my video and I can't even see that I have eyebrows on my forehead because they're so thin and there's, they're sparse, but I enjoy Have yours. you tried, have you tried castor oil? No. You just lob it on there, so, just slather them. Yeah. So my daughter, one of my daughters told me to do it like a couple of years ago because I was, so, you know, one of my big beauty secrets is never, ever drink and pluck. It's bad. Oh, <laughs> and so I had done that and I had a bad moment and I made them too thin and I was so worried about it. And so my daughter said, mom, you got to get castor oil. And if you go on Amazon, not sponsored, but if you go on Amazon, they have a castor oil that comes with like those little brushes, the little eyebrow brushes. Oh. And it's kind of goopy and gross when you do it at night, but I swear it works. All right. Dude, castor oil is nuts. I used to put it on my warts and they'd go away. That's weird. I just, Whoa. That's okay. Wow. All right. That's not weird warts. In, you know what I mean? But like on my kneecap. <laughs> I had warts on my kneecap. Not, not weird warts. Because like the good warts, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. They were decent. They yeah. were decent warts. The, so, the totally acceptable, not disgusting ones. Yeah. So speaking of warts, let's segue into Halloween for a, for a minute. Um, because I have, I'm curious. So we're, we're in Florida, Tiffany and I, and then you're all the way out on the West coast in California. What are you guys thinking? How are you feeling about, about Halloween and trick or treating? Like what's going to happen? And because this is the first time it's also on a Saturday. Figures. Which a year ago sounded like such a great idea. I wanted to throw a big party and have, let the kids have friends over, have everyone dress in black, do something cool. Well, that's not happening. Our governor basically shut down Halloween and then a day later went, well, you know, we're just strongly recommending you don't go trick-or-treating or or gather. It's like, there's a lot of mixed messages. I mean, I think for me, this year has been so scary. I'm over it. I actually called... My, um, the guy that does our holiday lights outside and said, how quickly can you put them up? I would have put them up yesterday. He's not ready to go. He's not going to put them up till October, but I'm putting up the Christmas lights. I think we should be skipping over Halloween. Yes. I said the same thing to my husband. I was like, I'm going balls to the wall this Christmas. I need some nostalgic Mm -hmm. joy from a time before this. I'm, wow. it's going to be nuts. You're going to think you're going to be like, Oh my gosh, am I at Disney? And it's like, no, it's just Tiffany's house. That's where you are. Wow. Okay. All right. <laughs> because like, I, I think that we are going to let the kids dress up the ones who want to, right. Cause I have a high schooler who's not going to participate, but then I think Sophia and, and Brian will, and I think we're going to just let them like walk around, but not go in, like not go up and take candy from anybody. So like, I think I'll let them like walk the sidewalks. If I notice that other kids are walking the sidewalk <laughs> and then I'll just like have my own candy and be like, this is from that house. This is from that house. Like, cause I don't want them going up and taking stuff from people or sticking their hand in a bucket or anything like that. But I feel like if they want to dress up and kind of run around the neighborhood a little bit, I might, I might indulge in that. I don't know. I know, I think, I know for sure people, especially here in Florida, because Florida just doesn't care. Like, I feel like the state of Florida is like, we don't, we don't care. COVID, no COVID. We're going to do whatever the hell we want. Uh, We're Floridians. So I think that people will trick or treat. I just think I'll go in like halvesies. You know, my na- my neighborhood has like a group chat where we like talk about they I can't say we they talk about neighborhoody <laughs> stuff. And 
Um, they have all decided that this year they're going to put trays of candy at the ends of the driveway and they're going to stay up at the top of the driveway so that they can still enjoy looking at all the costumes, but there's no hand to hand contact. There's no digging around in a bowl. It's all like laid out on a tray. Oh, which that's is a great a idea. See, I solution. think there's ways around it and I think you can still find did you, ways. Did you see the video of that guy who he had like, he took like a, like a mailing tube yep. and he taped it to his um, stair rail in the front of his house. Mm-hmm. So he could take candy and put it in there yep. and it would like zoom down to the kids. Yeah. It was super cute. And he painted it for Halloween and yeah. So adorable. cute. I thought that was a good idea. No one lives in my neighborhood. So trick or treating here sucks anyway. Yeah, what did you what did you guys I do? just killed some time with and tried to make <laughs> how about you mind your business date? <laughs> You're such a dork. I'm a dork. Are you what are you sucking on? A honey stick, you weirdo? What are you eating? A pretzel. I needed a snack break. Jeez, that is an obnoxious pretzel. I didn't eat lunch. I thought it was a pencil at first. <laughs> I was like, okay, we're in a weird place, but <laughs> I'm just going to take one more bite. Hey, so are your guys' kids, is there like a light at the end of the, is there a light at the end of the tunnel? Have they said they're going back to school soon? Because, you know, I have four kids. The youngest one's back already. Mm -hmm. And the other three are going back next week. So here's the deal with Florida. And this is where we've been a wreck this week. Um, Just a wreck. So we in Florida always in most parts, except down South in Miami, Dade and Broward, uh, had the ability to send our kids back in person if we wanted to. And then they offered distance learning for those who weren't comfortable. So, uh, we've been, we've gone for three full weeks doing distance learning and it's been, um, terrible, not because of the teachers, not beca- because of technology, because of kids who don't want to sit and stare at a screen for their entire day, uh, because yeah. my my youngest is on the spectrum and it is extremely difficult to keep him focused and he doesn't like sitting and staring at the Zoom square boxes um, and he's jumping all over the place and I constantly catch him hiding in different areas of the house, eating things and not doing his schoolwork. So it's been difficult for a lot of things. Uh, so I reached out to the schools and said, look, I'm at my breaking point. My kids aren't learning anything. Uh, my high schooler didn't even have a seventh period. Like there was no teacher assigned. It was just nothing. So I was like, we need to, we need to send our kids back because we are not competent enough apparently to distance learn with them. They're not doing what they need to do. So what, what are our options at this point? So two of my kids will be accepted back into school on Monday. The third kid can be accepted potentially on Wednesday of next week. Uh, and that's where we are. We had a meeting today with a teacher and she said that they're trying trying to get him accepted back for maybe Wednesday, but, um, it was, my kids have, are back by Felicia by Felicia. Yeah. My kids are there. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, have, I have to say out of my kids schools to one of the, they go to two separate schools cause two are in high school, the high school 
I have no idea what they're going back into. It's a good school and they do a great job with the distance learning, but they have not been so communicative about the protocols and what's going to be happening. My younger two, they have orchestrated this thing, I mean, like an army, the way they tested all the kids and the way the protocols they have in place and how you have to like take your kid's temperature in the morning and you have to log onto the school app and you have to get a QR code. Then they get scanned and then they walk through a thermal scanner in the morning. I mean, it's crazy what is going on at their school. But I have to say, it's been incredibly impressive. The kids have had no issues wearing masks. They're so resilient and they're fine. My youngest is in fourth grade. She goes, yeah, it's annoying, but it's fine. We get to take it off when we eat. And they've been really good about potting them together and keeping them in small groups, the same group for playtime and and all that kind of stuff. But this is their third week in person. So I'm, I I mean, I think that in the next couple of weeks, it'll be very telling to see how well they are actually really doing. Yeah. That's what they're doing at the elementary level. Uh, They said that they can't accept him probably until Wednesday because he has to be placed into a cohort that he stays in. Like you call there, you're calling it a pod. They're calling it a cohort. The same, it's the same means the same shit. Like they're trying to keep these kids together and with the same teachers all day. So they're not going from room to room and person to person. Um, but I just looked at Dave and I was like, I'm, I, he looked at me and he's like, I need you to get this stuff done. Like there's a list of stuff you need to do. And I'm like, I can't get anything done with them here. I can't, I can't, I can't be productive. I can't do the work that I'm supposed to do. I just, I, I broke down and I called the schools and I was like, I'm sending them back. What, what's the protocol? So for tomorrow we'll get an email with the, with Brian, you know, what day he can return. But they said not to be hopeful. It won't be before Wednesday, which is fine. If the other two can go back Monday, I feel like he can, you know, we can, we can keep working until then, but good Lord, this has just been so stressful. Can I say something? So, well, yeah. Oh, the- the homes, the homeschooling thing is something I never, ever wanted to do. I was never one of those people that was like, oh, wouldn't it be wonderful to have your children home and travel the world? Forget it. But mm-hmm. in the middle of all this, I bought, and I can't remember the girl's name. I'll have to go look at it. But I bought some books and workbooks from this major homeschooling chick who makes it just sound all wonderful. And I got them. And I read like a chapter. And I'm like, yeah, no. Mm. Nope. Not, I'm never doing any of these crafts. I'm never taking any of these little wilderness walks. I'm never, never doing any of this. This is so not me. I just think we're so hard on ourselves with like, even you, Meredith, you were just talking about, you know, how you're not competent enough to do this. None of us are, by the way, I mean, these poor teachers who work so hard and then have to do it this way. And we're, we're not equipped for this. It's not our job. Yeah. I, yeah, I agree. I tried to homeschool and it was mainly just like lunch, lunchtime and yelling, lunch and yelling. I'm like, it's time for lunch. They're like, wait, we just had lunch. I'm like, double, double lunch today. <laughs> um, so you know how I went, I've been at the hotel for two days writing my second book. Yeah. Well, my effing husband sends me this picture of my daughter and said she tried to cut her own hair. Oh. <gasps> Are those bangs? Did she try to cut bangs? Bitch. It's oh. all gone. Oh. It's oh all gone. Oh, my God. Is that a it tiny is- fringe on the... Oh, oh no. Oh, no. Look at her, and she's like, ooh, that's I'm a little... Gonna be- 
That's not going to be good in five months. Yeah, I don't, I didn't even, I was just like, that's, yep, that seems right. That's, that's about lined up with the world right so now. Can so you, can you, can you, let's talk a little bit about that too, because I saw your live the other day. First of all, how did, were you productive without outside forces trying to screw you up? Yeah, I wrote 10,000 words. Wow. Great job. Yeah. Thank you. I'm very proud of myself. That's intense. That's a lot. In two days, you wrote 10,000 words? Mm-hmm. Yep. See how awful children that, are? <laughs> it, it, but it's true. But, but you know what's so funny about that? By the way, congratulations. That's awesome. I remember, um, I think the first book that Terry and I wrote together for, for like, we had to finish editing it and we went to a hotel. We did the same thing to like get the outside forces, you know, just away from us. But man, that's why it's so hard to have the kids home 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You just can't get anything done ever. You can't barely go to the bathroom. It's like having toddlers all over again. How old are your kids? Um, 16, 16, 13, and nine. 16, 16. Twins. Twins. There you go, Tiff. I knew you'd get there. Whoa. <laughs> 13 and, and they're nine. All about, they're all about to turn the next age. They're about to go 17, 17, 14, and 10. But, uh, yeah. I have a nine-year-old. She's uh. my bonus baby. She's the best one. I'm just <laughs> kidding. But she's great. Um, I also have a four and five year old who, so that's where I'm like, they'll get much more from a school environment, even if it does look like the apocalypse, even if they are wearing masks yeah. and sitting in partitions, they'll get way more than they will here with me. Just don't talk to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I but think yeah. it's great that you recognize that you needed to go to get that done. Cause I knew how stressed you were about this next book. And getting what you needed to get, like I call it pen to paper, which obviously nobody writes that way anymore, but it's, it's the same thing. Like you got it out, like you got it out of your head and you got yeah. it onto the, onto that keyboard there. And it took it, a completely different direction than I thought it would. That's great. Can you tell us or no? Is it a secret? No, it's not, I mean, it's not really a secret. It's just, it, I was going to do little snippets of stories of things I've learned since I've been in recovery, mm-hmm. but instead it was, it has the same vibe as the first book. It picks up with my dad and I in the car as he's getting ready to drop me off at the halfway house. And there's a lot of inner dialogue with myself and the reader. And it's like trying to get a job as a felon, what that was like, finding out I was pregnant with this dude I hardly knew in a halfway house, what that was like. And so basically I'm going to use like the lessons that I learned in those moments, like taking public transportation everywhere with no money and how that plays into, you know, life today and how grateful I am every time I pass a scat bus and I see it, I'm like, Hey, I'm very grateful to be stuck in traffic in my car with my screaming kids because I could be on that fresh out of jail again, you know? So, but it's more narrative. It's very much reads like the first book, which is not what I thought it was going to be. I think that's great. I think it's also great that you're using those, th- those teachable moments for yeah, others who are going through that same process, right? Because you're, you reach, <clears throat> you reach so many people that are getting ready to hopefully get into that recovery spot in their lives. And you've helped so many people direct them into that recovery spot. So I think that that's great. I think that's wonder. I can't wait. Um, and I know how stressful that is. Cause you know, I was just on Heather's podcast talking about my book and gosh, just 
and Heather's written books. Like, I mean, it's it, the process. It, it really, I told Dave, I was like, I'm so mentally drained from just like promoting the book. And now I'm kind of almost like happy that that, that part is almost done. Like we're c- coming to the end of the month almost where I can kind of take a breath, but it's exact. I mean, it takes everything from you. You get, you, you know, you get sucked dry. Yeah, you really do. I mean, I'm so impressed by both of you for being able to write those kinds of personal books. Uh, you know, <laughs> Terry and I have written three books together, but they're more procedural books, diet books, health and wellness kind of books. And even though, you know, our personalities are in there and we tell stories and, and it's fun and funny, it really is about more of an end result. It's, I think, um, I wonder if I'll ever write a book like that. I think it's probably in me. But that is uh, hard to put yourself out there. I mean, I'm the kind of person that never wrote a journal because I think I would write it as if I knew someone was going to come read it. So it would be kind of bullshitty. You know what I mean? So to be able to really sit down, as you would say, pen to paper and bare your soul and tell the truths about your life and your feelings and everything, that's, that's pretty bare and naked. That's pretty impressive. Well, what happens is you find out how accepted you are once you bear your soul and when it's embraced and people are like, oh, my gosh, I had no idea somebody else felt the same way. Thank you. You just healed a part of me I didn't know needed to be healed or, you know, you're met with love and acceptance. It's like, holy crap, for the first time in my life, I can be completely transparent. I don't have to pretend to be something that I'm not. And the right people will stick around and support me. And the people who don't want, you know, to support me and who don't like what I have to say, they'll fall off. But that's fine because I don't want somebody who doesn't accept the true me around me anyway. And that's what I found. It's so freeing for me to just be who I am because that goes back to the filters thing. I never have to pretend to be something that I'm not. I never have to pretend that I look a certain way when I put all my pictures with no filters. It's just who I am. So there's no surprises. You get what you get. And it's really incredible to live life that way. It's the coolest thing that I've ever done is being truthful about who I am. Yeah. And it it, it really opens you up to that com- that that compassionate side of people that you think doesn't exist because the world can be so jaded, but there, you know, I read a review last night of the book that made me so happy. This woman said there might not be a parenting manual, but Meredith's book gives such great insight insight into what we're feeling as moms. I want to buy cases of this and give them to the hospital, to the maternity ward, to give it to all the new parents. And I was like, (laughs) that was the best review. I was like, Oh my God, like that made me so happy for somebody to say that about what I put down in this book. But I think, you know, I, I, it goes back to when I first started making videos and Dave used to go behind me when I would record and try to clean the house up. And he'd say, you can't, you can't shoot into the kitchen like this. Look at the counters. Look at the, look at the dishes in the sink. And I was like, stop cleaning up. Our house is a yeah, disaster. That's the point. Stop cleaning up. I said, you're, I, he goes, I can't believe you'd put this out on the internet. I said, why? Everybody's how everybody else's house looks like this. Just, just stop cleaning up. I'm going to save this snippet for the next time you tell me to do that. I don't do dishes. Okay. You know what? That, <laughs> that is not what I'm saying. And you know that, but, but it's true. It's like, stop cleaning stuff up. You know, this is, this is, uh, this is life. This is what it's supposed to look like. And I think the problem is you see so much filtered stuff that you assume you're doing it wrong, but you're not. I've had, yeah, I've had a big problem with that over the 
locked down for the last seven months, watching people and some of them friends with their really beautifully curated Instagram accounts and the pictures and we're the perfect this and I do this perfectly and here's how I do this perfectly. And I just, like, I understand to a certain extent, like, that it's your highlight reel and that people want to put their best moments forward. Okay, okay, no judgment with that. And if you're trying to build a brand um, and curate yourself as a brand, I understand that too. But just for me personally, I have actually gone and muted people. I didn't even know that that was a thing that you can mute people so they don't know you're not looking at them, but you don't unfollow them because people can tell when you unfollow them, which is a thing. And I don't want anyone to be upset, but I just couldn't look at that bullshit perfection anymore. That's why I think when that's you why everybody loves stories, you. What? I think that's why everybody loves you. I think th- oh. that makes sense. Um, because you're just real in a world that isn't. And I think that's so rare. And when I found out we were going to be talking to you, I was like, wait a minute, I think I like her. And I don't remember if I stalked (laughs) your life after watching Botched or what, but I remember I got really good vibes from you. And I think that's why, because like you get it. And that's really important to me. Well, well, thank you for saying that. But it's, but the truth is, is that I'm like you guys, I'm just, look, my hair sucks. I'm allergic to all hair dye and I'm getting gray. Uh, it's like everything is just a disaster. I can, I'm like gained so much weight. I can barely fit into my stretch workout pants. <laughs> my rings are tight. It's not good, but it is what it is. And I just feel like if we talk about it, maybe someone else gets the fact that we all feel this way. You don't have to be perfect. Yes. Right. Which I feel like those filters set up that idea that perfection is attainable and it isn't. And that's the thing about social media with our kids, you know, uh, we, and my <clears throat> kids weren't, aren't allowed to have it until high school. So my oldest just got his first social media account and he asked for the TikTok, um, which I wasn't a super fan of, but I was like, okay, you can have one. And I, I'm, I get to see his account or whatever, but I think they set these poor kids up right at the get go. As soon as they get social media with all of that crap, because they have the ability to retouch and I want to be blemish free and I want to be whatever. And it's like, nobody's blemish free, you know, but they, they want to, they want to live in that world. Like you were saying, the real world is too slow for them. The world of social media is where they want to be. And so I think that's why I, I kept it from them until high school or we'll be keeping it from them until high school. Do do your, when did your kids get social media accounts, Heather? Oh, they like came out of the womb with an iPhone. It's bad. (laughs) Um, You know, I, I I don't remember exactly when I gave the twins phones, but I remember it was for safety. Like it was, um, they went to some, I can't remember where they were going. It was so long ago. They're almost 17, but they, they must've been like 12 probably 11 or 12. And they were going somewhere or going to friends' houses at that point, 10, like that. And I wanted them to have a way to be able to contact me. So it started off as sort of a safety thing. And then when social media started happening, I made them, they were allowed to do it, but they had to be private. But here's the problem. You know, Terry and I are both on television. People know who we are. So it's kind of like a double-edged sword. If you if the kids put themselves out there, we're now opening our children up to comments from, you know, the world or whoever. And so it's been kind of something we've tried to navigate as we go and not make any sort of steadfast, hard rules, but sort of take each kid 
individually, mm-hmm. what's good for them, what's not good for them. I have one kid that's super sensitive. And I said to her, look, you can have this, but you have to turn off commenting. Or you can have this, but it's got to be private. So each kid has been different. Coco, who's nine, really just plays Roblox basically 24-7. <laughs> but yeah. she doesn't really do any social media. And the other kids have been good. But like my two oldest kids, my son, he does Snapchat with his friends and whatever. And that's basically it. He never looks at Instagram. He doesn't post a lot. But his twin sister, you know has like a big following and she's got a new podcast, which is pretty Aww. cool. It's, it just started last week. It's called I'll give it to you straight ish. And it's on podcast one. <laughs> yes. We said, didn't even touch on yeah. that. We didn't even touch on that. Yeah. And so we're going to have to have you back on because is we she get gay? a lot. She, she go ahead, Heather. She, I don't... She's, she came out as bisexual a few months ago. And so, yeah, she's gay and she's so cool about it. And, Aww. I knew for a long time, but she came out publicly and, and so it kind of went viral and everything. I'm just so proud of her, but I love how she's become this voice for kids. But she, if you listen to her podcast, which I hope everyone goes to listen to, it's not just great for kids. It's great for parents because she's got a really interesting perspective on things. And she talks about her anxiety. She talks about therapy. She talks about everything. And I just love that. I feel like one of the things that I've done well is to create an, and not that I've done everything well, trust me, I'm sure they'll be in therapy for things about me eventually, but this one's not. Um, but I feel like I've created an environment where they all feel comfortable. They know if they need help, they can get it. They know they can always come to me. We have open dialogues about everything. So, I mean, that's all you can hope for. Yeah. And, and we'll have to have a separate show about that because we have gotten emails and questions about, um, how to have the conversation if if you have an inkling that your child uh, might be gay or when they come out to you, ways to respond and have a good interaction. And that's a very important conversation, uh, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and to have somebody who's navigated the waters, that's a whole other, it's a whole other show, but it's, it's I, what I read about how you and your husband, um, dealt with it with your, with your daughter. I w- I felt really good. My best friend, um, is gay. So when he, you know, and of course I babysat him when he was very little. And so when he came out, you know, publicly to the family, I was like, I was waiting for the actual news because it's like, I knew we, we knew like we knew this, but at the same time, you know, if they have, you have to, you have to wait until they're ready to come out and have that conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was, you know, like I tell my kids all the time, you know, like we, I'm a, I'm a love you no matter what, no matter who you love or what, you know, what happens, but it's still, it's such a difficult conversation for them to have because the thoughts they're having are not necessarily the thoughts you're having. So I think that's something that we could touch on in the future. That would be a good conversation for parents, uh, in case they're having that, those thoughts as well. But, um, I hate to be a stickler for time, but I turned 40 this month and I have had uh, a multitude of doctor's appointments and checkups, uh, mammograms and pokes and prods. And I have to go get prodded again today. So, uh, yay 40. Um, but yeah, so thank you so much for coming on. Why don't you tell everybody where they can find you and your socials, Heather? So you can find me basically everywhere at Heather Dubrow, D-U-B-R-O-W. And you can find my podcast, Heather Dubrow's World, anywhere you find your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Podcast One. Lovely. Awesome. It was great talking to you. Thanks for coming on. 
Yes, have a spectacular you too. And congrats, rest of your day. both of you, on the books. Yours that's coming and yours that's out. That's very exciting for both of you. And best of luck with school. You as well. Thank you. Hope you know. Fingers Thank crossed. You. All right, everybody. <laughs> we'll see you all next time on Take It or Leave It, uh, uh, an advice-ish podcast hosted by two struggling moms who have no idea what we're doing. You left me hanging, you <laughs> jackass. All right, sorry. Love you. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. <laughs>